0: Okay, so um, one other thing about dependent or mutual um, mutual dependence or relational dependence is that, you know, it's talked about in, in several ways, you know, the, the relationship between whole and part, between cause and result, you know, and long and short and so on. And so some of these things are also in a relationship of causal dependence, like cause and result, but then other ones like uh, long and short, aren't also causally dependent. Mm-hmm. They're just relationally dependent. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's some overlap between the, these different ways of dependence. Uh, don't think of them as, you know, inherently existent category. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, another way that they often talk about uh, the mutual dependence is in terms of agent, action, and object. And you've probably heard this often uh, because they recommend that, you know, at the end of uh, a session, at the end of our day, that we dedicate our merit, seeing the agent, the action, and the object as all dependent on each other and thus unto you inherent existence. Remember that? Yeah. And so here, what you're getting at is, you know, uh, the, the person who did the virtuous action is the agent. The action that they did, you know, an action of generosity, an action of meditation, whatever it is, is the action. And then the object is whoever they did the action in relationship to, or whatever object they were dealing with. Okay, And so to see these three things as interrelated and not existing on their own, because very often we have the feeling like it in an action of generosity. Okay, there's the agent. There's this person over here, all by themselves, you know, an inherently existent giver. And then there's this action of giving over here. And there's this object, you know, the offering that's being given. And there's the recipient over here. And they're all very distinct and inherently existent. And they just kind of clunk into each other. And that's, you know... Uh, that creates merit <laughs> Okay, when it's not actually like that you know, the, that person doesn't become a giver unless there's a recipient and an object and an action and there's no action unless there's an object and a recipient and an agent and there's no recipient unless there's the object and the action and the agent so all these things come about independence upon each other none of them exist there on their own. okay. And so here you can see why when bodhisattvas hear somebody saying, uh, when somebody's begging and saying, I want, I want, or I need, I need, why bodhisattvas get so happy. okay? Because they realize that to create an action of generosity they need somebody to give to. Mm-hmm. And without that person to give to, their whole practice of generosity is stifled. Okay? And so then the Bodhisattva sees the kindness of the recipient for offering them the opportunity to create merit by being generous. Okay? And so the Bodhisattva too when they hear somebody say I can't stand your guts they're like so happy. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm still working. In this <laughs> They're so happy because they realize that, you know, in order to become a Buddha, you have to practice patience. There's no way you're going to become a Buddha without practicing patience. And to practice patience, you need somebody who's disturbing your mind and who's interfering with your happiness and who's causing you miserable, misery. You know, so when a bodhisattva has that per- that person, then they say, "Oh, you know, here's okay. The dependent arising for me to practice fortitude, the circumstances are coming together. This is fantastic." <laughs> and so they appreciate this person who's saying, "I can't stand your guts." Yeah. <laughs> So, but you see how, how it really is true, isn't it? You know, we need these people in our lives so that we have the opportunity to practice because we can't do those practices unless there's the person in relationship to whom we do them. Okay? And so then, after, so we, we see the action that we've done as dependent, you know, and thus as empty all the different components empty. And then also the action of dedicating, you know, is an action of generosity. And that one similarly is dependent. And thus all the different parts are empty of, of true existence. And they say that, you know, seeing our virtue in this way and dedicating in this way is a very powerful practice because this, you know, then our virtuous action isn't just the collection of merit, it also becomes part of the collection of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Question: The agent-object-action kind of way of thinking. It seems like that would describe what Chogyam was is trying to say about this gap between the cognizer and the object cognized. Like the cognizer would be the agent, mm-hmm. and the object would be the object, the object, and the action would be cognizant. Cognizing. Cognizing, it. yeah. Because, like, you know, that was hard for me to um, understand, but this seems to be the framework that... Yeah. Really I, what what context was he saying that in? It's in the ninth chapter where he's uh, talking about... Uh, oh. I see those things as true to existence. There's actually this gap. Like right. I think there's this gap. Like, there's me, with my mind of it. The object. And then he's talking about how contact, which is the coming together mm-hmm. of the sense organ, the object, and the consciousness, how contact is dependently related. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so, therefore, because contact is dependent, then feeling, which arises uh, as a result of contact, is also dependent. for tenant schools accept mutual dependence. Do all accept that um, that's more the person to view because the Vibasicas, the Tantrakas I'm not sure about the others, but at least the, the first two, you know, actually probably maybe all, all of them are schools, just see the cause, the result is dependent on the cause in causal dependence. But they don't see that cause and result being each, being, having those identities as mutually dependent. Mm -hmm. They just see it as going one way.